welcome to a new episode of the podcast from artist to artpreneur. In today's episode, you will get to listen to an awesome, inspiring guest. His name is Chris Cattell. He has six kids with his wife and is traveling the world with his six kids. Is a life artist, an artpreneur, an artist in so many areas and a huge recommendation to listen to the whole episode because he shares so many inspiring insights, nuggets, wisdom and experience of his own life by yeah, being all of what I just shared. And I won't make too many words. So enjoy the episode, lean back, listen deeply with your intuition in your heart. And maybe you want to take some pen and paper and listen to it again and write something down because yeah, Yeah, enjoy. There was one moment I had to cry because it was so much resonating. Enjoy the episode and let me know what you could take out of it. Welcome to a new episode and an amazing guest from my favorite home country, Costa Rica. His name is Chris Catol and we will dive into, and this is what I already love, so many different kinds of art because he's not an artist in one area. It's interior design, it's music, it's video design, it's film, it's graphic, and so much more. But I won't share everything up front. He will share it himself. So welcome. So happy to have you, Chris. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I almost forgot that this is in English. We had all the pre-conversation in German, but that's fine. <laughs> most, most and for all, I would say I'm an artist in life, life itself. But um, all these other sub-areas, I also mastered at least some of them i'd say <laughs> and this is nice that you mentioned it because this is what, what i was thinking before when i was thinking what kind of art will we put on the table or we'll talk about it because it's not so important it's it's simply from artist to entrepreneur and integrating the entrepreneurial mindset and then i was saying to you like i think i would consider you as a life artist and now when i was mentioning all these things i have forgotten it so thank you for mentioning it yes i think Because we will dive into all of this, first and foremost, you are definitely a life artist. So everyone is hopefully thrilled and curious now to hear more. Maybe we share or start in the beginning of your journey. How did you come in touch with art and your inner artist or even in executing and what kind of art you started? That's a good question. I feel that I identify as an artist since earliest childhood. And I reckon that most artists do. Well, at least I do. Mm -hmm. um, I always love to paint. I always, I always love to create stuff. I remember when I was a little boy, I had this um, a bicycle. And then I was um, at the bicycle graveyard or, you know, somebody had a lot of bicycles and I took all the lamps lamps from the bicycle and I installed all the lamps on the on my bicycle so I had literally like a, a, eight lamps installed on the bicycle in the front and like four red lights at the back I reckon that the dynamo which is creating the power was not enough to <laughs> provide electricity so I had to install three dynamos and this was only going downhill uphill it was too exhausting to to light up my light show bike mm -hmm. but you know all this like in, inventing stuff creating stuff that has not been done before um, and and a sense for beauty. I love beautiful things. I love to create beautiful things and and enjoy them. So that's something I always um, 
resonated with and I associated myself with. Um, I don't know how else to answer this question. There's not like a starting point where I feel like the artist was born or something. Yeah. I was always like this. Yeah, amazing. Um, you shared in a conversation before when I was on your uh, congress, on your conference, that you also made music. So is this something, it was all over your life or were there a phase where you started making music and maybe there is some kind of music career or was it like more a hobby aside? The music came into my life when I was an adolescent teenager, a little later. You have to see, I, I went to school like everybody has to in Germany, and I was not in resonance with the school and the uniform kind of um, molds they wanted to press you in at all. So I, my way of dealing with that in a very adolescent way was to become a punk rocker. I was very much into punk and um, into the punk movement. So I obviously um, associated myself very much with the music and the lifestyle. And we had um, a couple of like local bands and one in specific I adored. I loved them so much. And I always wanted to become their singer because I was singing along on the concert. I was traveling with them and they toured and when they played music. And then sure enough, this, the, the, the singer retired and I took on the spot. And that kind of started like my musical career. I was a singer of the punk German punk rock band for a while. Then we formed our own band with more friends that I had at times. And there was some success, not like we weren't on MTV or anything, but we toured in southern Germany for some years and I was all into this lifestyle, but it came along. I still identify myself somehow with being a punk rocker, but more about in the sense that I took with me the way of really questioning the status quo and, and finding and living alternatives in a positive way. So that means that a lot of the drinking and drugs and, you know, fuck the police and stuff. I, this is no longer in my system at all, but parts of the create your own life and be the creator, the artist of your own life. I took on with me and I quit being in that band when I became a dad because I was traveling also, I was always traveling. And that is where I was the life artist. Also, since I was a teenager, I was traveling the world. I met my, my wife, Katie in New Zealand so the traveling did not go together well with being, you know, the lead singer of a band where you have to be places. We were not internationally stars, you know, it was just locally. <laughs> so um, I let go of this punk rock identity and especially also of the drugs and the drinking and all of that. Um, and yeah, became the life artist traveling family or couple together with Katie until we formed the family then in 2001. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I think this is the perfect transitioning into the topic of life artist because this is this is the title and underneath are all these other art areas what you then developed, discovered, executed, tried, experimented. So maybe there was never a time where you were employed when we talk also about the entrepreneurial side of being an artist. So you directly went into the entrepreneurial being. That's true. I never was employed, at least not for a long time. In the beginning, to finance our travels, we I come from Southern Germany. We have Porsche 
and Mercedes-Benz, a big factory with tens of thousands of employees. And back in the day, in the 90s, um, you earned really a good salary if you like assembled stuff on the assembly line there. So that was somehow, but this was always very temporary and just to make money. Um, I also made a, an apprenticeship as a carpenter. Um, so that was the longest time I was in one place and, and dedicated to a thing a little longer, which also served me well in the long run to have all these skills as a builder. Mm-hmm. But um, I was never really employed for long. Right after I finished my apprenticeship, we went for the next big world travel, Katie and I. And, and, and then we started the family or we got pregnant in Peru in the Andes, we found out that we're going to be a family. We were very young at the time also. Katie was just 22. I was 24. Kids mm-hmm. really still. And um, we went back to Germany half a year later, big, wildly pregnant. <laughs> Katie was, but I also was pregnant with her. <laughs> this way I stopped drinking and taking drugs altogether when we became a family. And um, I was basically like a, a traveling builder, world traveling builder, for the years afterwards with the family. So there's an old tradition in Germany where, you know, the the, the builders um, go in the world and practicing their skills. And, and that's kind of what we did in the beginning years. But it was tough. It was tough being that kind of an artist, <laughs> mm. being a builder and a constructor and designing stuff and building stuff. It's tough because if you have a family to feed, it's tough when you're a builder and just living on a builder um salary what kept you going and what gave you the faith the trust the belief or was it innocence or was it ignoring reality what was it that you kept going because now in retrospect you can say like wow this was tough and obviously also in the moment it was tough but something gave you the trust, the hope, the motivation, the excitement to keep going instead of going back into employment or whatever. What what was it? Because I think this mm-hmm. is one of many tipping points for artists wanting to have more success, but maybe struggling sometimes with their reality. So what was it? What kept you going? Mm. Also a good question. I'm skipping somehow some years and moving back and forth. But one time we lived okay. in England, in, in Great Britain. And um, we, we just realized it was one day really and on a Sunday because we were working so much. Katie also was working then another job in a, in a health food store. I was working in a, um, in a place um, where well, anyway, we, we'd work different odd jobs. And one day we came together and we realized, and if we continue in that trajectory, if we just work these kind of still, I mean, it's self-employed, but still like low-paid jobs. There is no way ever we will be able to afford a good living. And most of all, afford traveling the world in a way that we always felt we wanted to do. Mm. You know, and and this realization, it struck us very deep on that one day where we said, well, this is a trap. We are in a trap. We will never get out of this if we don't really change drastically our way, how we think about work and how we think about our art and our power as creators, creating our own life and, and future. Mm-hmm. And this one day where we 
this Sunday where we finally had some time and we 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 realized there is this is a trap. If we don't change something, this is going to be our life forever now in poverty or very low budget. We had also three kids at that time already. It got worse from kid to kid, uh, from child to child that mm. we welcomed in our family. And that started the this the, the new path somehow. We didn't know right then and there what else would be our way, but we knew that we would do whatever it takes, whatever it costs, no matter how afraid I, I, I'm going to be, I told myself, this. we're going to change this. There is no way in hell that we're going to live a life for the next 40, 50, 60 years in this way. Mm-hmm. And it was a scary decision somehow because then we realized, well, we got to start a business. This is, we, we, we will not have, I mean, even as a carpenter, when you're self-employed, you still have a boss somehow, which is the guy who's building the house and who's paying you. I mean, it's still the same thing somehow. It's not. It's 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 a temporary boss, but as a carpenter, self-employed, you still have a boss, which is the guy who who's paying you to build his stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said there, I will never build anything for anybody else again ever in my life. I am done with this. I will not have a boss over me, and and having also also the situation as a builder that I come into a place, it's looking messy and just not nice and then i pull my heart and my soul into the place into the work and the moment it's done it's really beautiful i'm out so i I can never enjoy really what i'm what i was building because it's always messy the entire time through and Mm -hmm. once it's done uh, i'm uh, you know i i have to hand it over Mm -hmm. so this is what i said i will never do carpentry for pay as a paid job for anyone ever again and we're gonna go in a different direction and that was 2008, 2009, when YouTube came along. And I was always doing, that was another art form I enjoyed tremendously since I was a teenager. I had my first video camera I bought in Miami when I was like 14, oh no, 17, 16, 17. So that was 94. That was not a common thing back then to have a video camera. It was big, big things with like big video cassettes and big batteries with five minute playtime, <laughs> you know, the batteries. So, so, and I always had a video camera. I always produced videos. I love to make videos. I always did. And then YouTube came along. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was like a sign of, 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 of the universe, man. Finally, somebody invented a platform where I can share my videos. So without really a big concept or any plan or any structure, I finally was able to produce my videos on a platform that also got some views. And we were back then in uh, um, like vegans already. We ate lots of raw foods together with the kids. We had a special lifestyle. We traveled a lot. So just because we always have been these life artists and very special and unique in the way how we designed our life, we gained momentum pretty quick and mm. people followed us and then ask us questions and then we kind of just always listen to our people they ask us well you eat healthy you eat vegan do you have some recipes so we created a recipe book and that was our first on really entrepreneurial thing we did was this recipe recipe book and health coaching i provided 2008 2009 online and that then finally gave us, then I realized, oh, now we're, now we finally we found it. That's the holy grail. Now I don't have to swing the hammer for somebody else to build yeah. stuff, yeah. but I can create videos. What, what I love to do anyway, I can inspire people 
to eat healthy and live a good and healthy life together with their kids. And that enables us to be location independent. That was 2008, 2009. There wasn't, there were no online businesses back then. We were really, I, f- I felt at that time, at least we were one of the first, there was nobody, no role model, nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is h- how this all started. It all, almost came about a little, a little random, or if you want to go a different route, say like it was all fade or whatever, but this is how we started this, this route. Yeah. Amazing. <clears throat> so valuable what you share. And I think for me, and yes, of course, we both are in a longer time period of time now in spirituality and guidance and love, attraction and all of this. So for me, it's, of course, guidance <clears throat> and also following the breadcrumbs without knowing what is there behind coming. Mm. And what I'm also hearing or feeling is all of this, like guidance and get, getting the signs and following the breadcrumbs, can only quote unquote happen when you took this committed decision. Like I'm, I'm hearing when you when you say like I will never ever do this again, mm-hmm. and like this more than one hundred percent fucking commitment. Like I won't do this, and we have this more or less of a vision. I think we haven't we haven't talked about a vision, but hearing that you meet at least one person. And you want to spend maybe the whole life with this person. And you are agreeing on the same lifestyle. And you're saying, like, this is how we want to live, more or less. But we definitely don't want to live like this. And this won't work for a family. Like, I think it's the commitment saying, like, whatever it takes, I do whatever. And then you get supported by bigger forces. This is how it sounds for me. Of course, we never know this in the moment. But for everyone listening, like, how are these people doing this? Yeah, like trusting in the moment, taking a committed decision and following the signs and giving the rest of trust and motivation in there. That's so true. Maybe to add on this, it is on the one hand to decide what you never want to do again in your life, which Mm -hmm. we were very clear about. Then there's the flip side of this, that if the new ideas roll in and the new impulses you receive from the new time string you want to embody, very uncomfortable decisions have to be made. Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, it means like, for example, 2008, we were high in depth. We had tens of thousands of dollars of depth and just a very low income that was just feeding us barely. And I knew that this was the way where we want to go with this online thing and and coaching. And I mean, there was like two, three business coaches back there online, but I knew that I'm so serious about this, that we're going to take a loan on top of the debt we already own and invest into a business coach. So, and that was very scary for me, especially my wife, Katie was always so secure and I don't know, guided somehow, but I felt a lot of fear also to take on even more depth. 2008, where you didn't know anything about online business. There was no really role models. You couldn't see a lot of success or anything of, of that sort, but I invested. We, we, I went into a bank with my flip-flops, as a foreign alien in England <laughs> and say, well, I'm on social benefits. We don't have an income, but I need $10,000 from you right now to start an online business. And he said, what is an online business? What is that even? But I was so convinced that that goes what to, to show what you said or highlighted before. We, I was so committed. There was no, not a, there was no plan B. I was like, either way, you're going to give me that fucking money now, or I go to the next bank. Somebody's giving me that loan because this is where we're going. So I was so clear about this. I was so afraid, but nonetheless, 
I was done with everything else. And so it's not just about letting go of the old things you don't want to do anymore, but it's about doing new things you're very uncomfortable with. And both together, that forms a new life and where you can really become the artist and the creator of your life. And we did this once more after we started the business. We made a couple of hundred dollars with like three kids. You know, that's not enough to 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 support. But we felt we don't want to be in England anymore. Long and cold winters, whoa, no. So we said, we're going to go in the tropics now. We're going to move to Costa Rica. We didn't have any money. So it was just enough to buy one-way tickets. So with three kids, Katie was pregnant with number four already, which is adding another layer of stress for me as a daddy who was providing, trying to provide for everything. And we just barely could afford one-way tickets and had $500 to our name when we landed in Costa Rica. And I didn't know where to live, what to work, what to do. We just had this idea of an online business. But as they say, if you want to stay on a paradise island, you got to burn your boats. You got to burn the bridges. We burned all the bridges. There was no way back. We just... This was our thing. And that was the moment when things really changed. When we moved to Costa Rica and made such a clear statement, energetically also, I feel, to the universe, to our soul, to the world as a whole, we're going to go all in on on our mission to create a, a living and a life and a business through the internet. And then everything changed. Then people didn't ask anymore any longer about, well, how do you get proteins and, as a vegan family? But then they wanted to know what you're in Costa Rica now. You're selling ebooks. You're doing coaching. I want to do this as well. Can you show me? Can you show me, please? I pay you. And I was resistant at first because I was like this artist, the spiritual artist and raw vegan, very arrogant, almost like, you know, I, I, I don't do business. I, I do my art. <laughs> and I'm an artist. I don't do what, what do I want? Marketing. What's that? You know, so I was resisting. But people kept on throwing money in my direction. And after a while, I finally accepted, well, okay, if you want to want me to show you how we create ebooks and, and how I offer coaching products, all right, then I guess I, I, I'm, an, I'm a business coach now. And then everything went through the roof pretty quick. 2013, we had the first year making almost a million dollars. <laughs> wow, you see, you see. Yeah, because you were listening. But also still, and it's a beautiful day to share, with the resistance. Right? Like, yes, we are getting these signs when we have this commitment. Are we always following it? No. Is there resistance? Yes. But it's so beautiful that you share the path. Like, and that the universe gave you the signs several times that you at some point said, like, okay, obviously there's no other way. I have to do it. Or I have at least to try. When, when it wouldn't feel good, this, I think this is so important. And we both talk a lot of about intuition. Then it's try it and then you will feel if it's right. And obviously, at least on the bank account, finally, after so many years of starving artist concept, um, yeah. it turned out that it worked and it worked pretty well. I believe everybody gets signs from the universe or from your soul. It's just the, the bigger and more interesting question is why don't more people listen? To those signs we all know you know if 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 people listening right now would only do one or two things maybe it's just one thing they know would help them to live a more happy fulfilled and abundant life and they will pick on the other side one thing they know it is preventing them to live a fulfilled and a happy and abundant life 
that you for a long time wouldn't need any concepts or learn anything new or change and become somebody different or there are very clear signs in each and every life about what it what needs to happen what you need to do and what you need to let go and there's no complicated 17 step plan or <laughs> the mind always wants to make it so complicated but i believe actually life is pretty darn simple and we all have very clear signs and intuitions and feelings what is preventing you and what would support you in creating a better life for yourself and it's the more interesting question why don't you just do it and there again is a fear that is what i talked about earlier that usually those things that are in between us and a better life this is a transition a transformation that goes along with fear yeah. and this is what we mastered somehow over the many, many years, making a lot of very fearful decisions that we, oh, oh, there is no other way. If you want to grow, you need to go through this transition and this unknown area of a fearful nothingness. And that's what we always did, no matter if we have kids, if we have money, if we, we never had support, no money, no education, nothing. But we always did what was not always right away, you know. Sometimes you got to like procrastinate a little. <laughs> and that's also okay, you know. But in the end, it is really just about doing the things you know already that would be helpful. And that's what I want to give to the audience now as well. That's And that's the example that I, I am today, I guess, with my story here. And just remind you guys, it's more simple than your ego wants you to believe. Mm. Oh. This is precious, <laughs> very valuable, absolutely. So now you have how many kids? I know it, but asking you because you shared like one, two, three, four. So how many now? So it's six now. We have six kids, Katie and I. And it's not patch, not patchwork. It's all Katie and me, our kids. And this is how it's going to always be. We are soulmates since many lifetimes. So amazing. And have you ever, like from the beginning on, have you had a vision for you as a couple, for you in life, for the family? Or is this also something what occurred along the way? I mean, you have to see, Katie and I are, it's 26 years now. So this is really a lifetime almost, or at least half half a lifetime, a little mm -hmm. bit more than half a lifetime. We shared this life and this incarnation together. So obviously, when we got together, I was this punk rock dude. Just It was just about hitting the next bong and drinking the next shot and taking <laughs> the next pill and finding a stage to do some rock and roll. So this, I've come a long way from being that guy to the way how I see life now. And obviously, my you know, my, my dreams back then was to be like a big mega rock star. Yeah. No, and 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 sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. So these kind of very adolescent teenage dreams changed already over 20 years ago when we became a family. So mm -hmm. everything changed when I became a father. Everything changed, and that was good for the better. <laughs> um I guess I always I, I know already when I was in school and people laugh. I got laughed a lot at, of course, because I'm a dreamer. I'm an artist. And mm. if you are a German going through this, the school system, the artists are not 
taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. It's more the, you know, bank guys with clear visions and drive to I don't know whatever. I I, I wasn't I was not the guy. But I remember even back in school when I had my video camera and I was filming at parties and concerts and you know and, and rock festivals and i was filming all, all i was vlogging when there was not when that was not even a, a, a term back then i was vlogging in the 90s already and documenting and i always said to my peers back then man i dream about a life where i will be paid to make videos but not like hollywood me videos or mm. within like a big organization where again there's a lot of strain and rules and money and CEOs and pressure to produce this and that, but to be an independent filmmaker. That was always my idea, to be an independent filmmaker, to create art and films and get and travel the world and get paid for it. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a vague vision I had as a teenager already. And, but there was no means, there was no YouTube, there was nothing. I didn't, there, there was nothing I could, you know, tie this to somehow. So it was a very vague vision i had but i mean again like as youtube came along which was the base really also for our business because we we were very big on youtube um so somehow it turned out that way on the other hand you have to see we deleted all of our youtube videos that's maybe another area we could talk about about our art we deleted everything and now i'm starting fresh again for, for some reason i don't know if this is also part of this conversation but um so I had visions all along the way. The same with that house, for example. We have this beautiful arty house. I built, designed, I built, I created this house here. Not everything with my own hands, but the complicated, interesting stuff I built with my hands. All round curves, no straight lines, river rocks, bamboo, wood, and and um, glass. So it's very an artistic house. I, mm. I just showed, showed you before yeah. we started this conversation, like mm. an outdoor bathroom with river rocks, lots of plants everywhere with the vision to dissolve the border between living room and nature. That was my mm. vision for this house. And you mm. saw the bathroom. It really worked out really well. You have no idea. where is this inside? Is this outside? Is this nature? Is it house? So that was my vision for this house. And I envisioned this house when we had no money. There was, we were in depth. I visionized. That I will be sitting on a sofa overlooking a big, huge pool with lots of kids playing in that pool down the mountain. And I see the sun setting in the ocean. I got a millionaire, artistic, beautiful, arty house. And I had this vision when there were no means. No, it was crazy. We were in depth. I didn't know a million dollar house. It's crazy when you don't even can buy food for the next day. But this is exactly what we created. And I designed this house from the sofa. I always knew where the sofa in this house is going to be. And this was my vision that where is the sofa? And I built the entire house, everything around the sofa, because I envisioned the sofa, the swimming pool, dropping down through the mountains, different valleys, and seeing the sun setting in the ocean. And this is where I'm sitting now, quite some evenings, watching my kids in the pool play. So I had visions. I always had visions and no means to accomplish them at all, but I never cared. <laughs> I have these moments very rarely in the podcast, but now it's one of them where I simply like, I don't want to talk because it's already everything said. <laughs> so thank you for sharing this incredibly powerful um, story and hopefully for everyone who has pen and paper also the lesson 
to learn and the takeaway and the inside and the teaching about how powerful visions can be <clears throat> and the detachment, like having visions and not knowing how, when, if, but simply keep going in the moment. And then at some mm -hmm. point you see like this vision comes becomes true and comes into reality. So you, you mentioned the thing with the leading videos and having a fresh start. You can talk about it and then we can um, inter intertwine it with the path from artist to entrepreneur. What does this mean for an artist? Yeah. I think a bottom line of our life going along with being a location independent gypsy family, which we've always been the bottom line always is to let go. And that also goes somehow together with the artist approach to life. For me, it's about creating art, doing beautiful things, and then enjoy myself a little bit with them once they're created, but then I can let them go. I don't, don't need to hold on. So even with that house, when I, I make, made the oath to myself, I will never build for somebody else. I kept that promise to myself, and I built a beautiful dream house, an ecological dream house in the tropics with view of the ocean and the pool in front of it. But now we've been living in that house for, for I don't know, like a year or two. And for us, it's clear we we, get, we let go. We, we don't need to hold on to this creation because I'd love to create something new. Hmm. And with the videos, and uh, I have other things in, in our life. For, for example, our best-selling program. We had a best-selling course, our online business school. It was the largest, biggest business school in Europe. For many years, we had thousands of clients. We made millions of dollars with this online course. And one day I felt that it's done. And it, it was go it was paying everything. It was making us a lot of money. And one day I felt, I think I'm done. I think that's it. That's it, what I had to do. It's also when a lot of other business coaches came up. One day I felt, together with KD, this YouTube, we, we need to we need to stop this now. This, this doesn't feel right anymore. Let's delete all videos. Let's, let's take tens of millions of views down and thousands of videos and basically the branch we were sitting on we was like cutting the branch we were sitting on um our main program all our social media we had a fan page which created and that's that's true billions of impressions sometimes 100 200 millions impression a month we were at times the biggest health food facebook fan page on the on the planet Hundreds of millions of impressions a month. Hmm. Our raw food family fan page, 500,000 fans and lots of viral postings um, very frequently. Um, we felt, oh, we need to delete that page. doesn't feel right anymore. So you can see with what kind of ease. And now with this house as well, like we feel like letting go of this house and nobody understands. Actually, while we're recording this, I booked plane tickets two days ago. So we made this decision and like 10 days later, we, we are gone. So it goes very quick with us. So like in, in next Monday, like in five days, I'll be flying with our three older kids and some animals. We have 30 animals here as well to Miami to legalize the animals, some of the animals to fly to Europe. It's not so easy to fly directly from the tropics to Europe. So we go through, through the States. Katie's flying directly to Europe. So that's another thing, just letting go of the house and becoming totally independent and without any ties to nothing anymore 
and letting go of the video of the social media of our course of our programs of our business of everything that is a very frequent pattern in our life and it served us very well and nobody gets it nobody understands it and i myself don't understand it as well at times because i just it's intuition it's pure intuition we have been living a life solely led by intuition all of the time and that leads you to some crazy decisions that don't make any sense at all but as a true artist and being so connected and being embodied spirit not 100% all of the time but most of the time i am embodied spirit 100% pure love and light and with that embodiment of my spirit and again not always all the time i still get triggered i still you know stuff happens but i'm very quick in um changing changing energies and increasing them again but being that highly intentional creator embodying highest love and vibrations in this incarnation i don't need a plan i don't need to hold on to nothing because i know as an artist and as this soul that i'm guided by my soul and by intuition so i always know what the next thing to do is when i know it and i don't need to know beforehand i don't need to hold on to nothing i know that we are guided that we are safe and that we will only create even more beauty and more abundance because that's the universe that's the universal law the life and energy is only transforming and growing and when i get triggered into a lower frequency i transform i know right away i can feel i'm on a low frequency i watch what is happening i watch it and experience it with love and 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 the highest frequencies and i transform it up into a high energy again so why don't do i need any plan why do i need to hold on to anything it's not necessary and we live and embody this with six kids and a lot of animals and we we are again we will be look um homeless we're a homeless family once more and um we don't even know where we're going to go honestly we don't need to know we know europe that was the thing we're going to fly to europe now but what we're going to do there exactly we're not sure but i know we're going to know once we're there and once we have let go of the thing which is occupying space within myself once i'm freed from from that what we hold, have hold on to and created beauty with the last years once this is released i know that we're going to know in the right moment what the next steps are and up until then i'm just going to enjoy the heck out of it <laughs> again the same moment and the first time in all of the episodes and there are several already where in between you were sharing i had to cry like some tears because my soul resonated so much with it That's why I hope oh, everyone is listening deeply to what you shared because there is so much wisdom and so much beauty and and rawness and authenticity like right you you can share from the darkest until the brightest and you've experienced it and you embody and you teach and and talk from embodiment and from own experience and this is for me the most precious always incredible like incredible inspirational for everyone listening to take on on their path um, last question <clears throat> i don't know fill the space what you shared with words mm, 
what would you say maybe three, can be two or four, but three tips for an artist wanting to have more success, more money, more impact, more independence, more reach. What would be these three biggest, I mean, you shared a lot, but <laughs> the three biggest learnings or teachings would you would give from this starving artist concept to a successful artpreneur? I mean, there are different angles I can talk from now. The first one that comes up, I can feel in the field here, is speaking as a business mentor who has had the honor to support thousands of clients, and most of them also artists and healers. And one of the biggest challenges I help people to overcome in my work is to really show up with your art to and and as a healer is the same thing to show up with your art and with your gifts mm -hmm. and that means it goes especially to women i guess they have it a little harder even than men but it's not such a big difference um it is that a lot of the people have been told and taught in school mostly to be a little quiet to get in line, to accept what has been given to you. Don't ask for more. Don't be such a loud mouth. You know, these are things that a lot of us have heard while growing up. And that doesn't go together very well if you have an art and a gift that needs to be shared. And it is important also, on the other hand, not to be a loud mouth and an arrogant prick about it. But that's not what I'm talking about. That is the excuse of the ego who wants to keep you small, who's going to tell you, oh, don't be such a smart-ass loud mouth prick. It's mm -hmm. not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that you shouldn't be dim the light that you truly are. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see mostly happening with all of the clients I've been allowed to serve is that people dim their lights in an untrue way. And that is actually quite exhausting to do that because guys, you are what you are. We are limitless creators and bright shining stars who are embodied in this incarnation, in this universe, on this planet, just the most sought after planet in the entire universe because we have the free will here we have an amazing way to express to be the artist because we can be so individual expressing ourselves it's amazing we have this amazing life here to express ourselves so freely you know and we are these stars that's who we are in truth this is where we came from being this indefinite source of light and love this is what we're going to be again after we leave this body, which we also inhabit just part-time, by the way, even through that life. And this is who we are. So then to dim the light that you truly are is, is really not honoring the universe and, the, and life itself, which is always just self-expressing, expanding energy in a creative, in unique individual way. So if you ask me for the first tip, that's going to be my first tip. 
stop dimming your light and pretending that it can even be dimmed. Mm. We are here, we are who we are, and the world needs us life artists. And the, the universe and our brothers and sisters deserve us embodying the light we truly are. So that's my first tip to 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 not dim it to to embody it to be playful with it to try to light as and shine as bright as possible to turn this around guys this is what I'm embodying right now to shine as bright as humanly multidimensionally possible that's who I am. That's who you are. And you can, if you listen with an open heart, you can get in resonance with my words and what they're expressing right now. So that's tip number one. You asked for three. I, oh, you I can also a... have two or four or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So that's, that's number one. I mean, number two is something practical that comes to my mind. And that is, that I've been on this path long before there was social media or you know YouTube or any of that. It has become become so easy, so easy to do that using social media. I mean, the way how I looked at it is like me as an independent filmmaker. I finally was given the opportunity of having a publication house or like a broadcasting station, which is publishing my art to billions of people for fucking free how amazing is that in comparison to the old days where you always had to go through some gatekeepers and broadcasting stations and whatnot and need to get and i was also in paper and television i know how the game works there it's so much better to have social media and your website and be an independent artist it never has been more easy to be an independent artist not relying on some publishers or you know um licking shoes and 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 you know making yourself small and bowing to to some corporate interests we don't need to do this so we are independent artists with broadcasting stations in all different formats if it's video on youtube or um image image art on instagram or words on your blog you are an independent artist and you have the world at your fingertips through a cell phone or a laptop so make use of that. That's the one I want to give to people. And it goes together with tip number one, where I said, don't dim your lights. Don't dim your lights and use social media to reach a billion people or billions of people. Make use of this amazing technology options we, we have been given in this point of time. And don't hold back, you know, be be the artist you're meant to be and use the the, um, the tech technology that is given to you. And then the third one that comes to my mind right now is that we all, after having worked with thousands of people, one of the base fundamental beliefs stopping us is the, the illusion that we are not good enough. Mm -hmm. That is some, something almost everybody I work with have, has to one or the other degree. Sometimes it manifests in lives in different ways, but it, you can very often go down to this basic thing, not good enough, and that is always tied with fear, fear of rejection. Or fear Fear is the basic emotion. A lot of other low-vibrating emotions are stacked on top of this, but the base is fear 
And one of the base thoughts I came across as a coach and mentor is the fear of not being good enough. And that, of course, is poison for an artist. And I was just for the, the summit I'm, I'm, I'm doing right now, I was talking to a blogger and such an amazing soul. Um, and she just said, and, and, and I mean, we had this exchange as our two artists that, um, you know, either way, you wait for the perfect idea and the perfect time to create it and then the perfect execution of that idea. And you have so little to non-output. Or the other option is to have at least like an 80% of something, <laughs> you know? And so you choose. Either way, you have 80% or 90% of something or you have zero. <laughs> so, guys, what's it going to fucking be? <laughs> you know, good is good enough. Especially as an expressional artist, there is no such thing as perfection. How, how do you define the perfect picture? How do you find the perfect house, the perfect music, the perfect video? There is no such thing as a perfect. You can, that's after thousands of videos I created and thousands of talks I've been given. And after each and every one, once I hit the publish, which is a magic moment, I love the moment once you hit publish and stuff gets sent out of the world and kind of it's out of your hand. I always think, man, ah, oh, this one part, oh man, I, this a little bit different. I could have done this better. <laughs> so that's something in, I believe almost every artist can relate to this. There's always something where you feel after you could have done it better. But that alone is not stopping me from releasing and creating my art and sharing it with the world. And so should you. Be okay with an 80 or 90% of something that otherwise will be nothing and you're going to explode internally because if you're an artist, you cannot help yourself but create. So don't have the I'm not good enough get in the way of you being the imperfect artist you truly are. And, and you know, do, do what needs to be done. Do express yourself. Do what feels right in the moment. Don't, don't dim your light. Use the social networks. Don't listen to the inner critic. Or, or and and be okay with it that it's there. So I never, and even after 20 years of doing this, I've not overcome this. There's no point in trying to overcome something that will always be there and has also its good role in helping us to improve. It's a great thing that we have this critic because it helps us to sharpen our craft and to make it better and to to develop it. But just because I'm, I have this part, it's never going to stop me. And it shouldn't be stopping you from doing what needs to be done as an artist, you know? So these are my three points and I feel very good about them. That was good. This was <laughs> fucking amazing, Chris. This was fucking amazing. Thank you so much. And while you were speaking and talking and I was listening, usually I don't add anything after these tips. Yet because when... In case that someone was listening deeply and because you shared so much wisdom in this hour constantly, maybe someone missed some of the points. And I thought like you are the guest from all episodes who is the best role model and example for the following. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, your company, your family, like is it eight figures or seven nine so you are already in a way in a high financial success right that's right yes 
So, so, so this meaning like a very, very successful entrepreneur. Okay. And <laughs> so meaning like this is one of the excuses, like as an artist, you can't be so successful, especially in this kind of lifestyle. So you can. And I think what is also to mention, we haven't talked about this now, is that you always did, I think, a free learning with your kids, right? The education was you. So, I mean, this is fucking awesome with the six kids traveling around the world and doing this on top and building a business. And what I'm, why I thought like we should emphasize it and mention it now is there's fucking zero excuse for anything. Yeah, like being location independent, homeless, having six kids, free learning, like no school system, building a business, an online business, and eight or whatever figures, like really successful. There's zero fucking excuse for anything. And this that's why I'm saying like maybe this on top, listen to the whole interview again, but there's zero excuse. That's true. Coming from poverty, you have to yeah. add on, on this long line, no financial background, no support, no education. I'm just a simple carpenter. You, yeah. you see, I'm a simple carpenter. And um, we did this. And what one thing I would want to add, you didn't mention here, we have a nonprofit organization helping um, street animals here in Costa Rica, oh, which was a project. We didn't touch upon this, maybe one sentence in regards to this as well, yeah. because my main role, I'm a dad. Mm. Above everyone else, everything else, I'm a dad to my a very dedicated father. I always have been. I designed this work and everything came from the motivation to not be separated from my kids and my wife for so long. We wanted to spend time together. Mm. And we always did. We were so successful, made millions of dollars. We never had a nanny ever in our entire life. We never wanted to. We have support system around the house. Mm. So gardeners and housekeepers and mechanics and builders and doctors and everything and um, therapy specialists and coaches, everything, but no nanny because we always spend time together with my kids. And where I'm aiming at with this is that because we homeschool, we always did, we're a world schooling family. They never saw themselves. My two sons are adults now, 21 and 18, and my oldest daughter is 17. Mm -hmm. They never saw themselves in the coaching business. That was, they never raised, they, they see that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and they, so I'm, I'm, I am who I am, yeah. Mm. But they never saw themselves into that. But what we always connected with as a family was mm. helping animals. A lot of street animals in Costa Rica, not looked after, obviously, and on the streets. And so, since many years, we took in animals, and that's something our kids always were like. They were high energy. They were so passionate about helping animals. And this was the reason to create something we could be a, as an artist family, you know, not just me as an artist, an artist yeah. family to find a field where we can create together okay. with the kids, with my wife, and everybody can bring his gifts in into. And this is why we created this nonprofit organization. It's a very expensive hobby we have, just saving animals. And we live here right now with 30, 40 animals. You have a pig just five meters next to me. Thank God it was quiet so far. It's still sleepy. <laughs> it's early in the morning here. But um, that's something I'd like to add to the mm -hmm. number of things you added that we have this nonprofit, which is the intention for this one was to have something where we can really have like a family business. <laughs> Again, it doesn't make money. We just spend a lot of money, but mm -hmm. like a family 
vision or something we can do together with the kids so the kids don't really have a reason to run away and do their own thing they will and i will nothing but support them but i want to be very and i am very conscious about the way how we design our lives that there was always room for our kids and that they're seen with their gifts and with their passions so possibly we could somehow as a family tribe stay together mm. as long as it is meant to be you know mm. i'm not holding on here as well but being um conscious and um and um <laughs> with intention so that we could stay together we could also so i wanted just to add this as well yeah we were talking too much about animals and now they are coming it's beautiful yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> it's time she said like daddy now come <laughs> yeah yeah i will chris from the bottom of my heart thank you incredibly for this yeah beyond inspirational interview and all your share and that you were willing to share your wisdom and your knowledge and your experiences with the audience and yeah for the next decades of your independent and very unconventional life i wish you all the best thank you so much and i want to add a last thing i feel so inspired now i haven't been doing an interview in english in i guess years i was so surprised when you started talking english to me i thought we're going to do this in german i feel so inspired now now after years of not doing anything i'll go i'll be going right away now to my youtube channel we have 80000 subscribers they wait since years now i'll be doing a youtube video now in english i'm so inspired so thank you for this conversation because it's reignited a spark that for years it didn't feel right now it feels right and by the way guys all the links i hope are going to be to my social networks are going to be linked down below um in the show notes so you can see and visit us there instagram youtube video courses business coaching life coaching everything is underneath the podcast in the show notes exactly when you wouldn't have mentioned it i would have like perfectly oh, said and perfectly you, summarized <laughs> <laughs> of course all the links i mean when after this interview you don't want to check him out i don't know what like you have to check everything out what they are doing being showing living like of course everything will be in the show notes thank you chris thank you so much all the best to everyone <laughs>